I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. We got some work to do. This is the Advanced Scout with Tom Offerman and Matt Williamson. The Steelers are coming off their second straight primetime win as they beat the Raiders in Vegas on Sunday Night Football. Improved to 2-1 on the season. Up next, a date with the Houston Texans in Houston. Texans coming off of their first win of the season. And Matt, it's the first win of their head coach, D'Amico Ryan's career. Yeah. And the first win of their rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud's career. So, knocking some pretty nice things off their bucket list last week in Jacksonville. Yeah. Big upset, too. And you got to, th- yeah, exactly, that too. I mean, and you got to think where that franchise is right now and where they've been. I mean, through the whole Watson stuff and gone through coach after coach on one-year tenures and really bad rosters and early pick after early pick. And now... Not only do you have those rookies, but you had the third pick in the draft, Will Anderson. Right. You kind of have your face to your defense and hopefully the long-term answer. So there's finally some optimism there. I'm not trying to say that I think the Texans are going to be the worst of first team this year in the mm-hmm. NFL, win the South, but they're definitely much better than they have been in the past couple yeah, of years. Yeah, I mean, again, there's promise. Yes. There's a lot of young guys there that there's building blocks. I think they have a real coach. And um, not to rain on their parade, but Jacksonville also played really bad in that game, too. Yeah, <laughs> Jacksonville's been funky They've so been far real to funky. start this yeah. year. The it offense is not looked like the team we expected them to look like. Uh, before we get into serious history, though, we mentioned D'Amico Ryan's got his first win as a head coach. It was a big week for first-year head coaches last week across mm-hmm. the league. First-year head coaches brought a 1-9 record into Week 3, but last week they went 3-2. and two. All three victories over playoff teams from last season, too. Uh, D'Amico Ryan, Shane Steichen, and Jonathan Gannon are 4-5 and five combined. Wow, get this. Some names that are pretty familiar. Sean Payton and Frank Reich have yet to find a win. <laughs> How about in that? 10 years Crazy. in Carolina and Denver now. Yeah. And Sean Payton, I mean, woof. <laughs> I mean, woof. <laughs> the Bears You thought Broncos. you were an offensive guru. Wow, yeah. I mean, to me, the Bears and Broncos are the worst teams in the league right yeah, now. Yeah, at the bottom They're of the barrel. Dismal, dismal. That just has to stink because they both had expectations this year. Oh, like, yeah. It's not like everybody was well, them like the Cardinals, them. you know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, they're right. going to be terrible. And they're actually okay. <laughs> well, let's get to some serious history before we dive into the Texans. Not much of a serious history between these two teams. The Texans don't have much of a history outside of the AFC South. They joined the NFL in 2002. They've only met seven times against the Steelers. Uh, Steelers are 5-2 and two and have won the past three matchups. They haven't played since 2020, so it's been a while. Uh, Houston won the first matchup during that 2002 season. Pittsburgh won the next two, and the last time the Texans defeated Pittsburgh was in 2011. The Steelers and Houston have yet to meet in the postseason, so, you know, the old Houston team, that was one of the bigger rivals that you had mm-hmm. if you were a Pittsburgh fan. This new Houston team, you barely see them for an AFC team. I would say of the 31 potential opponents, this is the least exciting series history. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I just think that that's not a layup, too, years. because they've only been around for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, not even a playoff game or anything really of note, you know? Well, let's start today with the Houston defense, Matt. Uh, the Texans defense is allowing 5.6 yards per play. Only the Broncos, Chargers, and Bears are worse. If you you look at passing yards per game, rushing yards per game, yards per game total, they're like in the middle of the pack on mm-hmm. everything as far as the defense is concerned. They are. And here's something that I like to hear because it was 
similar to last week's opponent, Vegas. Only three defenses are allowing a higher completion rate than the Houston Texans are. And we just played one last week in Vegas. So you saw the offense with Pickett start to get some momentum passing Mm -hmm. the ball down the field. This is another opponent I think sets up well for that. Yeah, open receivers. And um, we're recording this to pull back the curtain, what, Tuesday Tuesday, evening. So we don't have a lot of injury news yet. Um, But Stingley, who was the corner, was first off the board last year, even ahead of Sauce. Petrie, another defensive back who's a really good do-it-all player. They were both out. I don't know if they're going to play or not. So that's, you know, going back to the completion percentage thing. And they're not a great pass rushing team. I mean, I'm frankly a little shocked that they are kind of middle of the pack in rushing yards allowed, passing yards allowed. I would think they'd be more of a bottom 10 unit. Well, I think that yards per play stat is what really illustrates how bad they are when Mm -hmm. they're sitting with the Broncos and the Chargers and the Bears is the only teams that are worse than they are. That's probably where that defense more leans towards and those – you know, yards per game totals will probably come towards the bottom of the yeah, pack once well the said, season moves on. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned the pass rush is weak. They didn't have a sack last week, and Trevor Lawrence dropped back to pass 40 times. They have just four sacks all year long, and no one on Houston's defense has more than one. Only the Bears, Giants, and Falcons have had fewer sacks in 2023 than the Houston Texans have. Uh, will Anderson's probably going to fix that eventually. I He's would think. probably going to catch some, catch some yeah. traction soon enough and become one of the better pass rushers in the league. But... He's a one-man band right now, and he's a rookie. And so, a rookie. like, does he even know how to play his instrument that well? A yeah, good point. And he did block a uh, kick last week, actually. Yeah, so, oh, he's a great player. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think he's Nick Bosa or Miles Garrett coming out of school, but okay. he's a high quality. And the thing that they love about him is he's also a Bama guy, which so is D'Amico Ryan's, and he's considered an elite leader at Bama too. So he wants they want Stroud to be the face of the offense, him to be the face of the defense, and maybe they landed those guys. It's funny, I'm looking at their depth chart on our lads right now, and a lot of pieces on this defense are from outside the organization. Mm-hmm. I mean, Anderson obviously is a pick. Uh, you look at some other guys like Jonathan Greenard, he's a pick from the mm-hmm. Texans. Christian Harris is a pick. Uh, Petrie, who you mentioned, is a pick, Stingley. but he might not play. And yeah. Stingley. Other than that, though, Matt, I'm looking at all their starters, Vegas, Jets, Philly, San Fran, yeah. Jacksonville. They're pulling from outside the organization a lot. And they've had a couple, not just past off season so much, but the the previous ones. They would go out and spend league minimum on like twenty different free agents, you know, just to kind of bring competition and depth right. in, and not a lot of big name guys. And a couple of those guys have stuck. It's an odd team build, you know. They, they really want to build through the draft, and it's starting to start to show up a little bit. Yeah, and they've got some picks, going prominent picks and, coming yeah. forward too. But they, they did trade one of them away to get Anderson. You know, the, the Cardinals have the Texans pick next year. But the Texans have the Browns pick, which is a Watson pick. Well, the Browns look pretty good, so that might be closer yeah, to the middle of the pack. Down, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, last week, though, the defense did pretty well against Jacksonville. They limited the Jags to just 5 for 13 on third downs, and the Jags were also unsuccessful on their only fourth down try. And the Texans didn't give up a play of more than 28 yards in Week 3. Uh, kind of reading the tea leaves of what we were saying at the beginning of this episode, though, with the Jags just stinking that might tell you more about the Jags offense than this Texans defense, you know, figuring yeah. things out and turning it all on against the Jacksonville offense. Yeah, like Houston's fan base, like we opened the show, should be very excited. There's finally light at the end of the tunnel. There's young guys to root for. There's a quarterback that looks like he's in place that we'll get to. But I'm not taking anything away from the upcoming opponent of the Steelers. I thought last week's game was more about the Jags than Houston. I mean, I agree. The Jags have like dropped a ton of passes this year. They've had some bad luck. They, you know, I mentioned they got a kick blocked. 
They had a, a squib kick that a fullback returned for a touchdown in that game. Like, Jacksonville's really finding ways to lose. And the and, difference is, I think, when you do that against the Houston team this mm-hmm. year, as opposed to, like, maybe you get away with that in 2021 yeah. or 22 against Houston. Have anybody. But they yeah. have some guys that can make you hurt. Yeah, yeah. CJ well, Stroud so, being one of them. So, yeah, their passing is pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't sleepwalk against a team like that. So, Steelers need to apply that to this game, too. Yeah, 100%. you got the Ravens next week. You look like you could be 3-1 and one headed into that game, but Houston can, can sneak up and get something. you, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're dangerous, but they're upcoming. They're up and coming. Now, before we get to the offense, I mean, who who's the guy? Is it Will Anderson already? Like, On like, defense? Yeah. Term, I guess. Is it Stingley when he's healthy, just because he's been there a couple he a year longer? He snaps yet, though. I mean, he missed a lot of time as a rookie. Petrie's kind of a do-it-all slot Second-round pick in 22. Yeah, yeah, real high one because they pick always high. They like a couple of their linebackers. They've pieced, as you've said well, they've pieced together the defense. Yeah, I mean, our old buddy Steve Nelson's going to be playing. In the yeah, like he play, that's the type of guys they have right yeah, now. Yeah, 100%. Know? Jimmy Ward from San Francisco. Placeholders. Yeah, placeholders. And he's there because Ryan's comes over from San Francisco and installed that defense. And that's the other thing going for that defense, too, is that he's a great defensive mind. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even if the parts aren't up to speed yet, they can still do some nice things, I think. Or they yeah. can start to they can start to lay the foundation for what they want to do. And I think they they're fundamentally the sound on that side of the ball, you know, while they develop. But they don't do anything well. I mean no, they've well, given well, up really. yeah, they've given up seven rushing touchdowns. It's tied for the, the most, most in the league think, with Denver. Yeah. And they've only had four takeaways, which mm-hmm. I mean it's not the worst in the league, but it's down there at the bottom. Right, so right. they don't sack the quarterback, they don't turn it over, you can run on them, mm-hmm. you can get in the end zone via the running game and they give up, like, the third highest completion percentage to opposing teams. And they don't have the Max Crosby. Right. You know, I mean, Mike Anderson might be good, but yeah, it's not to that level. So I see all of that, and I'm just licking my chops as a Steeler fan again. You kind of got some traction as that Mm offense. The offense got some traction last week against a lesser defense than you faced in Weeks 1 and Week Mm 2, which might have been the two best defenses in football this year. And I think you're taking an even more step in the direction of they're even worse than Vegas was last week on the defensive side so. of the ball. I think so, especially on pay, or at least equal. Um, real quick on that note, I'm not making excuses for how bad the Steelers' offense was in the first two weeks of the year. Right. But in any metric you look at, San Francisco's third, fourth, something along that, definitely top five and very deserving. But where I'm going with this is the Browns, uh, everyone knows I'm a bit of a stat nerd. EPA, DVOA, any advanced metric you see, right? the Browns' defense is so far ahead of the other 31 right now. I mean, they've, they've only had one snap in the red zone against them all year. I mean, like, they're just destroying people. So there's not a lot of shame in not playing well against those two teams. Yeah, I mean, you know. the George Pickens 72-yard touchdown is the only touchdown they've given they've up in three year. weeks. Yeah, 34 okay. drives. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. (laughs) Three points per game in the other two games Mm -hmm. uh, for the Browns. So that defense is on a historic tear to start the season. So, yeah. That's what they're doing to I completely understand, you know, hey, Kenny Pickett at least threw a touchdown against that defense. Two other quarterbacks have not been able to do that. Uh, Speaking of quarterback play, let's turn our attention to Houston's offense. Before we get to Stroud, just some quick overview of that offense. The they average 4.9 yards per play. The Steelers' defense gives up 5.4 yards per snap, by the way. Their personnel breakdown, the Texans have been in 11 personnel, 65.3% of their offensive snaps, 21 personnel, 14.1, 12 personnel, 13.6, and 22, just 5.2. So they they love to run out of 11 personnel, one tight end, one back on the field. They're spreading mm-hmm. it out. They're getting wide receivers on the field. Yeah, they have three good receivers now. I mean, I think that – so they will use a fullback at times. You okay. Know, you'll, you'll see that. Um, they, 
Andrew Beck will be the fullback that mm-hmm. gets in. Yeah. I think he's the guy that returned the touchdown for you know, <laughs> the slowest sure. kick return ever. Yeah. And what's really crazy about this team is Stroud's playing quite well. He's very promising. They now have three defined receivers where Woods will be the slot. Dell is very, very small, but he's kind of an Austin big play guy. And Nico Collins is kind of their Pickens traditional X receiver type. So they have three legit receivers now, which they haven't since DeAndre Hopkins. And they've invested in their offensive line like crazy. You know, high picks, uh, traded for Shaq Mason, traded for Tunsil. In the last game, last two games, They've only had one of their starters. Yep, four out have there. been out. Yeah, four of their starters have been out, and, and that's really the thing. Come back. The only thing that's hurting Stroud is he's getting sacked all the time. And he Jacksonville didn't last couldn't week. touch him, which right. again was more about Jacksonville, I think, than Houston. He was sacked eleven times the first four two weeks. I know. Yeah. So I mean, you don't really want your rookie taking that much of a beating. And I think then, he's gonna take a beating in this game. But then again, oh, of course, yeah. Are. I mean, yeah. we, we talked last week how the Raiders hadn't given up a sack in two games, and then they just That's got torched. Be. Their offensive line couldn't handle the Steelers' pass rush. So like another backup right tackle. Which yeah, you know like means, right? this is gonna be a two sack game for T.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. I, I would not be surprised if that happens. And, and he'll end up with thirty four this year. Like <laughs> he's on pace. Keep for that it. pace for it. <laughs> but what it does. But, the fact that he's getting hit so much, and the a fact lot. that he's putting up the numbers that he is, I'm, I'm and not very, throwing picks. very encouraged by that yes. as an organization. If I can just fix this line and give this guy Which more time, guys are on the roster he's good at, with pressure field. in his face. He's so if you take well. that pressure away, sky's the limit for this mm-hmm. dude. And, and frankly, that was one of his questions, and it's an Ohio State thing that they always have. Yeah, you're blocked up every time, and they're thrown to Harrison and Smith and, <laughs> yeah. and all these guys that they have. But he's had to deal with a lot of hardship, unlike the guys at Ohio State, and he's overcoming it pretty well through three weeks. Yeah, C.J. Stroud has 903 passing yards over his first three starts. He's only the third player in NFL history to accomplish that. Cam Newton and Justin Herbert were the others, pretty good quarterbacks, especially mm-hmm. in their rookie seasons. He's currently fifth amongst all quarterbacks in passing yards per game, and he's second in dropbacks. He's dropped back to pass 140 times already this season. Stroud has 121 straight passes without an interception. He's the first rookie quarterback in NFL history with at least 110 attempts and zero interceptions. And his 7.49 yards per attempt is eighth best in the league. So, I mean, they're not even asking him to be a rookie. I mean, he's throwing the ball downfield, and he's dropping back to pass a lot. Yep. And the flip side of that is their running game's awful. So, (laughs) I mean, kind of like— Damian Pierce had a decent year last year. He's a good player. Yeah. They just don't block at all for him, and so they're throwing a ton. And Stroud has been more than up to the challenge. Well, we mentioned the receivers. Tomlin said this today about the Texans trio of receivers. Nico Collins, combat catch dude. Tank Dell, Mm -hmm. speedy, and Robert Woods, a steady veteran. I think that's a pretty apt description for all of them. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good trio. Collins was targeted 20 times in the first two weeks. He caught 13 passes for 226 yards. But last week, he just had three targets, converting two of them for just 34 yards. Robert Woods, six passes caught in each of his first two games, but just three for 34 yards against Jacksonville. So who's picking up the slack against the Jags? The it's Rook. Tank Dell. Yep. He ran around on just 48% of Houston's dropbacks in Week 1, but that spiked to 85% in Week 2. He was targeted 10 times in that game. But last week, five catches, 145 yards, a 68-yard touchdown, and Dell led the Texans in targets for the second straight week. So he might be emerging as mm-hmm. the guy. In he really group. is. Yeah, and they all complement each other well, kind of like Coach said. I'm sure Woods is the veteran in the – in the wide receiver room, the leader, been around the block, but he's lost a step, you know, and Nico's the big-bodied traditional guy, and Dell's electric. I mean, he's and he's coming on strong. 
Dalton Schultz is a name that's familiar to football fans from his time in Dallas, uh, in Houston now. Only three tight ends have run more routes than Dalton Schultz through the first three weeks of the season, but he has just one catch in week three and has been targeted only 13 times all year. He's at under a 10% target rate now for two straight games. The offense is clearly predicated to using a tight end in the passing game if he's running all of these routes. Is there something weird with Stroud not finding him yet, or the other receivers are just open? I think the other three have just stepped up. He doesn't need a good Really load. strong, and... I'm not picking on Dalton Schultz, but the fantasy community I always thought overrated him because he was in. He had so much one on ones in Dallas. He's a very average athlete and specimen. Okay. You know, you mentioned the running game just being abysmal for the Texans. Two point uh, eight yards per attempt is what they're rushing for as a team. Only eight of the Texans' fifty seven first downs this year have come via the run. So if you want to say anything about them, they're at least playing modern NFL football. They're pass, 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 and then pass some more. By default, though, I'm sure they'd right. like, they'd to, be like to be able to run the yeah. ball. Uh, Damian Pierce, 82 yards from scrimmage on 30 touches in his first two games. In Week 3, he ran the ball 14 times for just 31 yards, but he did catch three passes for 28 yards. Uh, their other running back, Singletary, ran the ball twice over the first three quarters of play, and six of his carries came in the final seven minutes of the game when Houston had a 17-plus lead and was just trying to salt things away. Still, Houston averaged just 3.3 yards per rush against the Jaguars. So, you know, as everything seemed to, you know, take a turn towards positive for the Texans against the Jags, that running game still was spinning at wheels. And, and again, they don't have any blocking. Pierce isn't the problem. It's sort of like Najee was in the first couple of weeks, you know, just getting hit behind the line of scrimmage time and time again and asking too much. And then they abandon it and they throw and then they throw pretty well and then they stick with that. So. There's some good things, you know, I mean, on offense. And they average the second lowest rushing yards per carry so far in the NFL. Uh, we also mentioned, uh, before we move on to our key matchups, the offensive line versus the Steelers pass rush. Steelers don't blitz really at all. I mean, they're getting home and yeah, lead the league in sacks so far through three weeks, and I think they have the lowest, if not second lowest, blitz rate in the entire league. Exactly. So, you know, three, four guys are getting home every single time for the Steelers. That does so much for your coverage on the back end. Uh, and Texans, like you mentioned, four offensive line starters were out in week two, um, as well as week three. And three of those four missing starters are on injured reserve. So, I mean, you probably expect that they're at the most going to have two out of five starters against the Steelers yeah. this week. And Shaq probably Mason one out of five. One. And Tunsil might be back, who's frankly an elite left tackle. But he's coming off an injury, and I don't know if he's going to play or not. Elite left tackle, too. I mean, Highsmith might just, if he does play, might mm -hmm. be another game where Highsmith just has to eat it one-on-one. -on -one, not off to the Trent him. Williams level, but not far off. Not far I mean, off. I mean, Trent's number one and Tunsil's third. You know, I mean, really good players. But a big game for the pass rush. I think we can agree yeah. that, you know, Stroud has been harassed other than the Jacksonville game, but he's going to face a whole nother level of that this week. Yeah, so they played Baltimore in week one, the Colts in week two, and then Jacksonville, who didn't get after him at all. None of those are nearly the pass rush. No, exactly. I mean, none of them. And again, there was 11 sacks in the first two weeks. Our key matchups to highlight in this game, Texas Texans wide receiver Nico Collins versus the Steelers cornerbacks. I mean, it's that could no, be Dell. That could be Woods. It could be, yeah, the, all the, the wide receivers versus yeah. the, the Steelers defensive backs. I mean, it's no secret, Matt. Steelers defensive backs have been getting torched a little bit in the first mm -hmm. three weeks. I picked Devontae Adams in DraftKings last week. Thank you nice. very much. Pretty good pick there. Right. I mean, yeah. it, I know that they had the interceptions. Wallace had two. Pepeed had one. But they gave up a lot of yards in between those interceptions. And this week, it's not a Devontae Adams out there. But I think the collective in Houston might be a better core than Vegas has. Yeah, interesting. So is it the stud receivers 
you know, headlined by Adams, but Amari and Ayuk. I mean, those guys right. are better than these three, at least at this stage of their their career. Is it the stud receivers that are lighting up Steelers, or is it just going to be a collective trio of three good ones that light up Steelers? It's a great I, week to figure that that's out. That's what I mean. Yeah, we'll see. And then finally, we have Steelers offensive tackle Chuk Wuma Akora four versus Texans DN Will Anderson. I mean, he's got the biggest name on the defensive side of the ball. He's got yeah. the most potential on the side of the ball. I don't think anybody can wreck a game on that defense just yet, but he's got the potential to in the future. And, you know, sometimes those rookies have a game or two in their rookie season where they show you what they're going to look like five years down the road. So hopefully mm-hmm. it's not one of these ones. Yeah, and by no means is he Bosa Garrett Crosby, but he has massive pedigree and, you know, top five pick, third pick in the draft, fourth pick in the draft, something like that, third. And it, frankly... Didn't really know what matchup to, to, to feature on that side of the ball. There's, it's there's tough. Not a, there's, there's not a lot of No, I think that's the right changers. one. I think it's the right one. I think he's yeah. the only guy that can really be a game changer for them at this point. That'll do it for us today. Steelers and Texans in Houston kick off at 1 p.m. Matt and I will be back again next week to break down the Steelers and the Ravens on the Advanced Scout. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.